WHHH-FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. Hold up. And good morning to you, Indianapolis. It is Sunday, August 29th, 2021. We have come to the end of another month and a very busy year. Uh, September is just now days away. And so that means it is the last Sunday of the month, which means it is an open lines Sunday. So all hour long, we will just talk about what is on your mind. Uh, there's, a, there's plenty to talk about on what is happening uh, just today. Uh, we are on watch of one, a hurricane uh, to hit the southern part of the country, but also what is happening in Afghanistan. That's on top of the pandemic that we are in, where uh, numbers have skyrocketed all across the country and including right here in Indiana. Uh, that's just some of the things that we can talk about on top of the nonstop violence issue that we are having here in Indianapolis, where we've had multiple children, multiple children, y'all. Uh, that have been injured in shootings in Indianapolis this month on multiple occasions. There's so much that we can talk about. We'll spend the hour doing it. And we don't just have to talk about things that I just named off. That's just a couple of things that are happening. If there is something you want to get out there, what's on your chest, let us know what's going on in your neighborhood. Today is the day to do it. And also, I'll put, a, put out a call. If you are hiring, um, I'd love to know because I'm thinking of putting together a show about hiring. So I need to know who's hiring. So call me with all of that. Uh, we will spend the first half of the show talking about what's happening. Uh, but then at 8.30, we'll also get to say farewell to a good friend uh, of the community, a mentor of mine and one of the best reporters here in Indianapolis. Steve Jefferson from Channel 13 is leaving Channel 13. He's been promoted and is going to their sister station in Dallas. And so this morning, we will get to say farewell and see you later to Steve Jefferson when he stops by around 8.30. All that and so much more coming up this morning on this edition of Open Lines. But first, we will begin this morning with what is happening today in the news. Hoosier is among the U.S. service members killed in the terrorist attack at the Kabul airport in Afghanistan. The Department of Defense confirms 22-year-old Marine Corps Corporal Umberto Sanchez from Logansport, Indiana, is one of the 13 military members killed in a suicide bombing outside of the airport. 11 Marines, one Navy sailor, and one Army soldier are among the dead, while 18 other U.S. service members are wounded in Thursday's bombing, which also claimed the lives of more than 160 Afghans. Terror group ISIS-K has taken responsibility for the attack. Meanwhile, the United States has already responded by launching an airstrike. The U.S. military confirms two members of ISIS leadership were killed in that airstrike. The United States Supreme Court says evictions can continue despite a ban put in place by the Biden administration. The court's actions ends protections for roughly 3.5 million people across the United States who say they are facing eviction in the next two months. The court says the CDC, which first ordered the ban on evictions, does not have the authority to stop those evictions. The court says it is up to Congress to put a hold on evictions across the nation. 
COVID cases in Indiana have skyrocketed back up to levels we haven't seen since January. That is before the COVID vaccines were made available. The state of Indiana reported 4,893 new COVID cases Saturday and 21 new deaths. Hurricane Ida is about to slam the south this morning. Ida is set to make landfall as a category four just west of New Orleans. The concern is not only the flooding from the 20 inches of predicted rain, but the 130 mile per hour winds. Hurricane Ida is a massive storm and is making landfall on the 16th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. In the forecast, it'll be another hot day in the Circle City. We are expecting a high of 88 degrees and there is a chance of scattered storms. The rest of the week is a little bit cooler. 86 on Monday, 83 on Tuesday, and 78 on Wednesday. Right now, it is 75 degrees in Indy. All right, 239. 9696-317-239-9696. The phone lines are open here at 805 on this Sunday morning as we now go open lines and we just talk to you about what you think is going on. Call me 317-239-9696-317-239-9696. The phone lines are open and we'll get you in. Some of the things right there in the uh, headlines of the news, uh, of course, are things that we can talk about. Um, if you turn on your TV right now, uh, if you pull up your phone, you go to any website right now, there is warning of an imminent attack over uh, in Afghanistan again, where we know, as I just told you, um, 160 Afghans and 13 U.S. service military members um, were killed in a terror attack. And so the nation on the defense end is watching that. No, not everybody is a, um, a foreign policy expert, and I don't expect you to, but if that's something that you've got thoughts on, by all means, I'd love to hear from you. You know, my thought on that is it, someone said, I can't believe we're going to war. And I, I, I thought about it. I didn't realize it at first. And then I thought about what they said, I said, you realize we've been at war this entire time, right? Um, this is, this is just how it's ending, unfortunately. And so you got a lot of people who on Facebook are suddenly, um, uh, foreign policy experts. Last week they were, uh, mask mandate experts and, and vaccine experts. So Facebook knows everything. But uh, nevertheless, our prayers are with the families that have lost uh, loved ones, including uh, families right here in Indiana. And our prayers are to the people who are making these decisions that uh, they can get out of there by fulfilling all of their promises that they've made. They will people have helped the United States and we will get them out of there. Uh, we pray that they can that they follow through on the promises that they've made while also saving as many lives as possible. Because as the hint we've been getting is that uh, some, some type of bloodshed or, or injury uh, has apparently been inevitable and it has happened. And now there is warning right now uh, that there could be another attack at any moment at the airport. So our prayers to them, you know, last week uh, I ended the show by talking about masks. As I said then, I've not watched a single news story or listened to a talk show or seen cable news or read a Facebook post or sat through a school board meeting where I have been convinced that wearing a mask causes a problem for adults or especially children. 
because now that we've moved on from talking about critical race theory at school board meetings, now we're talking about masks. And y'all know I pick these kids up in the morning on the bus and I take them home. I have yet to see a kid come home stupid because he had to wear a mask all day. Not once has that happened. But still, you have these parents uh, who are on Facebook, who are at school board meetings, who are on the news saying how harmful uh, this is to our kids to make them wear a mask while they're at school. But there's bacteria in the mask. Guess what, homie? Give them a disposable mask, and they can change their mask every hour. Don't want to do disposable masks? Get them 12 cloth masks and have them change it once an hour, and then you wash them when you go home. Every time you bring me a reason why you can't wear a mask or or it's harmful uh, to children or something, I'll give you a rebuttal. 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. I'm bringing this topic up today because for a while, you know, hey, we were back to somewhat normal, a normal we hadn't seen in quite a while um, as far as going out, public events, being in public, being in crowds. We had been back to that for for a while because we had vaccines and Coronavirus cases were going down. Or we're at we're at the lowest point we had seen uh, in quite some time. But if you were with us at the very top of the show, you heard me give the latest numbers uh, for COVID nineteen here in the state of Indiana, and we are literally back to where we were before the vaccines had come out. We are at new positive cases the numbers that get released every day the latest one was 4,893 new positive cases if you scroll down on the dashboard on the state of indiana health department website if the the number we're at we've hit 5,008 this week you have to scroll all the way back to january there it is you got to go all the way back to January 9th. January 9th, 2021 was the last time we had this many COVID cases. We have gone backwards literally eight months. And that is putting the fear in people who can just look at numbers. If you look at this chart, it's literally a pattern at the beginning in early 2021, you know, we were pulling in daily numbers, you know, 500, 600, 700, you know, we weren't cracking a thousand. We didn't start cracking a thousand until, Oh, well really this time last year, the fall. Remember that's when we started opening up this time last year. And we were, we claimed we were going back to normal. Literally little did we know that after we had opened up, I'm looking at a date from, September 3rd, 2020, when we had 1,022 new cases. Remember, COVID was still new. We were in our first six months of it. That wasn't nothing to what was coming. Scroll up just two more months to November 2020, and we were at 5,455 cases. We had peaked at about 7,899 cases. So we get all the way up to 8,000 cases. That was on December 2nd, 2020. And as you fast forward, it was really only down from there. There was a little spike in January when we went back up. 
But January, remember, is when the COVID-19 vaccines started to come out. Pfizer, Moderna, and then later the J&J. But from that point on, we had gone all the way down to about 900 cases. The lowest point I'm seeing right now is about 432 cases in March. Things were looking good. Continue to fast forward. We saw a little spike there in uh, in April, about April 18th. We were back up doing a thousand cases. Got a thousand, about twelve twenty eight cases on April 21st. But then it went back down, back down to you know 100 cases a day. Looking real good. 126 cases back on June 26. But then came that pesky Delta variant and the requirement that you didn't have to wear a mask and summer concerts and we're traveling again we're out without masks in the grocery stores without masks uh anywhere because we were doing the honor system and said if you are going to wear a mask if you're vaccinated you don't have to wear a mask well the honor system did not work and from june july 2nd we had 293 cases it is now august 29th so in about the span of two months, we have gone from having 197 cases a day to 5,000. Your thoughts on that? 317-239-9696. Uh, a lot of folks are getting afraid, if you just look at this pattern, for what is going to happen this winter as we go back inside, as it gets colder, as we get back into close proximity with one another. What do you think? 317-239-9696. Let's go to the phones. Uh, caller on line three. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Hi, my name is Jay. How you doing? I'm good, Jay. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, you just basically set up my question. Uh, with with the football season starting Lucas Oil Field, uh, sound like they still going to be at, at max capacity. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you got schools around that's, that's going mass. Uh, how do you think that's going to come out? And then uh, do you think they're going to shut this thing back down in the wintertime? My personal thought is our health leaders have some difficult decisions that they're going to have to make um, when it comes to reversing the things that they've reversed. So remember, it was um, low capacity at NFL games and whatnot this time last year, minimum capacity. Now we're at full capacity. But as these numbers come up, folks like Dr. Kane and the, the Dr. Kanes of the nation have to look at these numbers and say, okay, what are we going to do? Now, when it comes to closing schools or locking us back down, I don't see us immediately going back to a full lockdown because nobody wants that. But if we don't get this under control, what I do predict is that come this fall and come winter as um, flu season and whatnot comes back, I do see if we don't get this under control, if we don't get this under control, I see schools having to go back to a hybrid every other day type situation. Um, It's all a pattern. All of this is a pattern. And so you just got to look at when what happened when we do well, the numbers go down. When we just go willy nilly in the honor system, the numbers go back up. And so I am just hoping because I predicted I was to the week. I was telling somebody I said this week, you watch, we'll be going back to wearing, having, requiring to wear masks at school. And in that week, I was correct because I'm watching these numbers go up every day. It's inevitable when people won't do what they're being asked, let alone, forget. I'm not even talking about getting a vaccine. I'm just talking about wearing a mask and staying away from each other. When those folks can't do right, it affects the rest of us. 
So if we don't get it right, my prediction is we'll at least be doing some type of we'll be back wearing masks uh, required everywhere like they are in schools and whatnot. But I could see us doing a hybrid every other day deal at, uh, you know, at schools and having to wear masks and maybe reducing capacity at some of these places. If we can't do right, we have the opportunity right now to either wear a mask or get a vaccine before it gets worse than it already is because it's not looking good. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Uh, how you doing, Cameron? Good, sir. What's on your mind? I'm talking about custom glass beveling, Wixsite.com uh, uh-huh. forward slash the bulletin. You know, I got cut off of YouTube, but I've got my own website now. I'll be able to express myself a little better. It's going to be a connection of art and politics right there for people to uh, feast their eyes on and other things. But in any case, with Afghanistan, uh, we were protected against Afghanistan for a certain amount of time. Now it's a terrorist haven. Now they have the opioids and, and uh, heroin to flood our streets with, and they're certainly going to do it. And uh, I think that they're going to be another threat. And you know, like when 9-11, how old are you, Cameron? I am 28. Oh, you're a young buck, then. I remember oh. 9-11 very vividly. Okay, well, you remember the color wheel I had at 9-11? You broke up. You broke up. It's in, it's, what'd you say? The, the color wheel when we had when it was 9-11? Yes. When they came out on the stage and had the color wheel, they spent the orange and the yellow and the green. So we're going to have the COVID wheel and the color wheel to contend with this winter. Oh, we're okay, have, okay, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, a clown show. And then we're going to have all these people being evicted now since the moratorium has been lifted. People need to understand there's a lot of homeless people here in this town that this city is benefiting off of. If you're a newsman and you want journalism, Cameron, to win your Pulitzer Prize, go over there and do a detailed uh, examination of all those people who are parked outside the city county building and see how when one of them dies, the city gets $50,000. And counts it as a COVID death, right? See how they're using those people's social security numbers and their uh, information. I, I turned it over to the FBI. I did call and report them because the city council and the Metropolitan Development Board are using these people's uh, social security number, actually stealing their identity to uh, get all these uh, so called uh, apartments and stuff that they're using. Bill with Section 8 vouchers. So, and let me ask you, let me ask you a question, Larry, before I let you go. Uh, what would you get kicked off of YouTube for? Uh, for I knew I wouldn't last, but uh, for, for content that was unpleasing, desirable. But I know a website gives you more leeway. It's, uh, it's uh, custom glass traveling uh, at Wix site uh, forward slash the, the bulletin. That's my website, is the bulletin. And uh, I think people are going to be pleased when they see the content. I'm going to have a more professional representation, Cameron. I promise that to my uh, subscribers. All right. Thank you, Larry. Good to hear from you. Thank you, sir. All right. 317-239-9696-317-239-9696. Caller on line two. What's on your mind this morning? Good morning. Hello? Hello? You're live on the air. Who's this? Oh, hey, this is Vance, man. How you doing this morning? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm good. I just want to comment. They're talking about the corona and all that. Mm-hmm. I got, I got family members, people in the world that I know, I, and I have to explain it to them. I'm a military man, mm-hmm. and the military's going to force them to, to uh, take the shot. They should. Yes, they, they are. Should. 
because you get all them shots when you go in the military. Mm-hmm. But here's, here's the other thing that I explain to people. If you got uh, 50 million people in this world that took the shot and they okay, mm-hmm. and then you got 1 million that, that don't want to take the shot or took the shot that had issues because they had other issues before they took the shot. Mm-hmm. The 50 million is going to beat the 1 million all day long. Mm-hmm. But the one that kills me, Cameron, is you got all these people who who said, I ain't getting no shot. Uh, but they got all these tattoos. What is the difference? <laughs> they get that shot for four seconds and go save your life versus all those hours of getting tattooed, getting stuck, 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 stuck. I'm not understanding. And then when they come with the... Uh, where they went by the age bracket before you got the shot. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say they get the shot, Cameron. They don't. They don't get the shot. Then when they get sick, like in Jesse Jackson's case, mm-hmm. he only had the first portion of the shot. Mm-hmm. But they they won't make people think he had the whole shot. No, he didn't. He had one portion of it, and then get back to take the other portion. His wife didn't have it at all. See, so when you're in the public like that, all the little kids in the, in the world. They carry all the germs, so that their bodies can fight it off. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you get old and you get sick, I'm 65. You get old and sick, your body don't fight off. So my saying is, get the shot. You know, you get this shot, but you want to get the tattoo. Get the shot if it's going to save you. And that's all I got this morning, Cam. All right, appreciate you calling. Have a good day, my man. Thank you. Oh, you, you do the same. All right, three one seven two three nine ninety six ninety six three one seven two three nine ninety six ninety six. Let's keep going on the phones. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, what's going on, man? Not hey, much. What's I, on your mind? I commend you being so young and having all those jobs. People need to look to you <laughs> as an example, especially these ones out here that don't want a job and don't want to work and all these jobs out here. Hey, um, Thank I just you. like doing research. I love to I'm glad that Larry off of YouTube. We want to kick off. You starting to break up on me? You're breaking up on me. Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah, loud and clear. Okay, yeah. Reason why Larry got kicked out. Long story short, misinformation and a black man sitting on YouTube with a Nazi flag. Yeah, yeah. That that wasn't lost on me. I just wanted to hear what his answer would be. Yeah, he's gonna lie, of course. <laughs> hey, uh. I'm I'm on the same line as you, but in in, in Black Nap uh, Naptown Mayberry, uh, we are using uh, the COVID uh, a political ball. Really, it should it should be closed down right about now. Uh, but they took the power away from uh, uh, the young lady is in charge of it, so it's political. And um, as you said, uh, once we go back in, um, Fauci said. The second wave is going to be worse than the first wave. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a it's going to be a sad it's going to be a holiday because a lot of bodies going to drop. Uh, the closer we get together, uh, coughing in, in the room, in the houses, in the restaurants and stuff, it's uh, sorry for people, man. But nap time needs to think for its own. Uh, our our leadership played us here, man, because it's all about money. Mm-hmm. Our governor played us because it's all about money. He didn't want to stand up and tell us, you know, uh, mandate you to wear the mask, keep on wearing the mask, and we shouldn't really be closing, uh, uh, closing, um, staying open. But you know, hey, people are going to learn falling other people. Uh, I just sorry for people that don't want to think here, man. And, but like I said, man, you're you a good hard worker, and uh, I wish our people... Oh, yeah, second point. Uh, dealing with leadership here, dealing with crime. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people come on and take up for uh, 
I, I guess the new code is um, beating, killing women, and, and shooting babies. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I don't stand for that. And people can pontificate about making excuses about uh, black on black, uh, black people being locked up. But when I see you on, on tape shooting babies, you need to be dealt with. And whoever stand up for with that, they need to be dealt with too. Thanks. Have All right. One. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. 317-239-9696. It is an open lines Sunday uh, here on this last Sunday of August. And we're talking about everything under the sun uh, from COVID to Afghanistan to the crime, in the streets of Indianapolis. Um, what are your thoughts on it? 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Little tease here coming up. We will be saying uh, hello and then farewell to our good friend uh, Steve Jefferson, who has reported on all of these topics at some point over at Channel 13 as he gets ready to leave uh, Indianapolis for a new promotion. We'll tell you more about that coming up. But right now, let's take a couple more phone calls uh, here on our... <coughs> Ooh, excuse me, y'all. Ooh, that was so rude. I'm sorry. That caught me by surprise. I apologize. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? See, I, I coughed on him and he hung up on me. I apologize for that. 317 uh, 239-9696. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. This is Kim. Kim, you're live on the air. What's on your mind? Okay, about the vaccine specifically. Um, they don't know what they're doing. I mean, and just, it, it, you know, be real and say we don't know. We're still experimenting. I think that, you know, the fact that the CDC and the government as a whole are, you know, basically saying how they have this, you know, all these physicians all over the world who are very knowledgeable and 10 PhDs in XYZ. Um, and they're using them in the forefront to basically say, this is, this is why it should be a mandate. This is what it needs to be. But in reality, that's not what's going on. My daughter is in um, Warren Township mm-hmm. and in Warren Township, she was sent home for 10 days. Um, and the letter said, you know, that she was within uh, six, three to six feet of a student mm-hmm. and that COVID. Um, but shouldn't all the students be sitting home in the classroom? Because surely we know in high school, specifically in Warren Township, those classes are packed, mm-hmm. okay? So one student being sent home, those desks, let's be real, are not three to six feet apart in any classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so why are you only targeting one or two students is it because you just have to give some data to the state to say hey we're doing whatever it is that you guys think we should be doing that's not realistic you said two kids two to three students home out of a class of i believe 30 or 40 students out of each class i just feel like at this point they're picking randomly doing whatever and people are giving false data i i was i hate you know i can't say hey I despise when people say, we have data, data, data. We all know the data can be manipulated. Those numbers can be, be manipulated. And they are being manipulated all for the love and purpose of money. We all know this. Let's not, let's not act like we don't know. So I think the government and CDC needs to be more transparent, which they have not been from day one, and saying, hey, we're still experimenting. And you're talking to a fully vaccinated person as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, pro, I'm, I'm pro-choice on that, too. So that's a different topic um, altogether. But um, we're still experimenting. You know, what can we do? Um, this is how you can better assist versus you just need to get the shot. And that's because we said and it's going to stop from um, immediate death. But we all know people are still dying. And then they said that, hey, 
no, we didn't say that people will die. But yes, you did. You said the vaccine would stop you from death, but now you're retracting that and saying something else. So I believe this is why a lot of people are still unsure about the vaccination because they don't know. The government doesn't know what they're doing. And they're putting out information like they're acting like they do know, but they don't. Well, I can tell you this. Uh, when it comes to the schools, um, the elected the officials, I should say, here in Indiana are actually agreeing with you. Dr. Box is saying she doesn't believe, and we're not picking on any one school district here, but she doesn't believe the schools are properly uh, reporting uh, their, their their COVID cases um, because, they, remember, they were supposed to, when you get a COVID case, you're supposed to turn that into the state, and it's supposed to go on the state dashboard. But every school district is doing this differently. Uh, you know, some of, the kids, some of the kids that I transport, um, some of them have disappeared because one person in, the, in a class got it, so there were 22 people who had disappeared for the past two weeks. And then, on the other hand, I know somebody who's got kids in Avon, and they were their child was a close contact of somebody in the classroom. They do it differently. They send like almost the whole class home to be virtual for two weeks. Can't have any symptoms. You got to get tested before you come back. You got to have your temperature taken before you come back. So it's not really uniform uh, across right. any of the school districts here in Indiana. And that's kind of the way the govern, governor has set it up. He wants the school districts to be able to make these decisions. But as these numbers continue to go and as, you know, the obvious is being pointed out, if we're not all on the same page, we're going to get all these different results and we're not going to be in the consistent direction that we want to go to, which is freedom from COVID. Thank exactly. you for your call. Thank you Thank for your you. call. All right, let me squeeze in one more call before we uh, switch gears and go to a commercial break. 317-239-9696. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, doing Cameron. Brother Hamilton. Hey, good How to hear from you, you, sir. I'm good. How are you? All right, doing pretty good. Don't forget, just kidding. I uh, was out there uh, helping out the children with soccer. In soccer practice, they were tabs. Any of your children want to play soccer, bring them over to tab. People with pretty good soccer league. Where's that at? Uh, that's we're practicing right off of uh, 15th, 14th, and 15th and Bellefontaine. Uh, okay. I can't remember the name of the park, but it's a whole lot of soccer fields over there. But mm-hmm. you can sign up online, uh, and uh, it's really, really good. Boy, I tell you, I'm, I'm a baseball player by you know, college, place singly for the but soccer will run the dog mess out of you. But two quick points, and I know you got to go. Uh, I'll be brief. First point is. Uh, uh, like again, being a child of an attorney and coming from a family of lawyers and looking at the criminal justice system and how it's been so, so swayed, the pendulum wrongly against black folks the other way. I want to be clear with this. No one thinks anyone should be hurt or harmed. Okay, this is going to the gentleman getting his uh, bond reduction from 100000 to 20000 and being able to get out. But here's the process. Here's the, 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 if people understand, the legal system is the tenant. First tenant is it's an adversarial process. The definition of that is you have two opposing counsel, two opposing counsel, arguing fact and law to an impartial judge or jury. Evidently, the prosecutor, which was one opposing counsel, could not argue his point of fact and law against the other opposing counsel, which was the defense attorney to an impartial judge that allowed that bond to be reduced. Now, if you're angry with that kind of system, then let's tear it up and get something else. Because that's the basic tenant. That's the first tenant involved in the system. Two opposing counsel. There was a prosecutor there mm-hmm. arguing fact and point. There was a defense attorney there in front of an impartial judge of jury. There was a judge there. So if you want to blame anyone, 
or if you find blame, which I, I don't like that word because I talked to Ryan Mears when you had him on here, and mm-hmm. I think he's doing a fabulous job with some things because the pendulum was so far gone the other way that it's got to come back. We can't have people on bond locked up for stealing a car and not being able to go home or, or let's say, uh, 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 running a red light and they can't pay a $1,000 bond and they're sitting in there forever. So if you got a problem, they have a problem with whoever was in there arguing their point of fact and law because evidently they didn't argue it well enough, and the other side did. That's just the way it is. Going with COVID, okay. You got about a minute. A minute. I'm done. I'm 30 seconds. Jerry Jones, Trump supporter. Third Trump supporter. Jerry Jones, anti-Kaepernick, everything. I listened to a live interview with Jerry Jones Thursday, and I'll be brief. Jerry Jones said he is for freedom of choice, too. He believes you should be able to choose to do what you want to do. But when your freedom of choice starts to have a a, a detrimental effect to the group, then the common good must take over. This is Jerry Jones, strict conservative, strict Republican, strict Trump supporter, who said the common good must take over when your choice has a detrimental effect on the group. And that's what he said the Dallas Cowboys are doing. So that's what tells me that all those gentlemen there have probably been vaccinated because Jerry Jones is 80 some years old and he ain't trying to get sick. But when your freedom of choice is detrimental to the group, people, then the common good must take over. Think about that one, Cameron. Thanks for coming. All right. Appreciate you, sir. All right. Still more to come here on Open Lines. It is time to say farewell and give a good friend his flowers before he takes his promotion to Dallas. Channel 13 reporter Steve Jefferson is our special guest this morning as he gets ready to move on to Texas. He's been promoted, and I'll tell you a little story. I probably wouldn't be hosting this show. It's a long way to get there, but I probably wouldn't be hosting this show without Steve Jefferson, and I don't think that he realizes that. I would like for us to give this man his flowers uh, as he's been leading not only Channel 13's coverage, but he's been such a mentor to all of the black journalists that you have come to know and love, the ones that are here, the ones that are gone, and yes, the ones that are coming. Uh, We celebrate Steve Jefferson and his promotion to the Dallas TV market when open lines on Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC continues. Let's get back to Open Lines, your eye on the community on Hot And we are back on High 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC on this Sunday morning, 
August 29th. And we've talked a lot about the news this morning. Everything we've talked about on this show has been about what is happening in the news. And I can't really think of anybody better in Indianapolis who has kept their thumb on the pulse of news in this market for the past nearly 20 years better than Channel 13 reporter Steve Jefferson. Uh, Steve has been a good friend to so many of us, including me. He's been a mentor. He's been a competitor, but he's never let being a competitor get in the way of being a mentor or looking out for any of us, particularly the black journalists, especially here in Indianapolis, as he is the president of the Indianapolis Association of Black Journalists. Uh, Steve Jefferson is leaving Channel 13. He is being promoted and going from the number one station here in Indianapolis to the number one station in Dallas at WFAA, the ABC station in Dallas. But before we go, before he goes, I couldn't let him go without saying farewell and thank you for everything that he's done for us here in Indy. Steve joins us on our live line right now. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Cameron. Man, thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm humbled. I'm honored to be on your show, man. Well, you know, when when I found out you were leaving <clears throat> by from Facebook, by the way, didn't didn't even get the phone call, you know. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I found out about it, I was like, I got to have Steve on the show. And then everybody, I seen between now and then, everybody else has wanted you on their show. So, nevertheless, I wanted you here first, but my show is at the end of the week. Um, and I just, I had to say thank you um, for everything you've done for me personally. But uh, for this market in general, you've covered everything that has happened in the past 20 years being at Channel 13. And I wanted people to, if they've, you know, done a story with you or or they've, you know, they've watched you on TV over these years to... You know, say some words of farewell and give you your flowers before you head off. But I got to ask you, how was it? How are you feeling right now, getting ready to leave the Big One Three? Man, it's, it's I've got a lot of mixed emotions because this is home for me. Uh, you know, I was recruited here uh, back in 2002 uh, by Channel 13, and I was recruited as the crime reporter because uh, we. Channel 13 didn't have a crime reporter, and and um, you know, I it always amazed me when people agreed to give an interview um, because that's such a um, a huge step in, in putting a trust in someone, and I never take that for granted. First of all, people just giving you the time when everybody's life is so busy, and then to trust you to tell their story and, and you know how that feels mm-hmm. it's it's important because you want to get it right you want to get this story right because you don't get a second chance once it goes on the air mm-hmm. um so i'm i'm so grateful i i've got a lot of mixed emotions i'm going to miss so many people but you know thank god for technology and you know you know when we started in this business there was no FaceTime and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, the technology where you can keep in touch with people, but I definitely will be keeping in touch with people. But I'm excited because it's a new chapter in my career that I didn't see coming. Um, I, I believe it or not, I thought I was going to retire here at Indianapolis, but you know that WFAA is mm-hmm. one of the most coveted stations for journalists. To I'd have been going too if they would have called me. I'd been going. <laughs> so I, I look forward to the opportunity, but a lot of mixed emotions. What um, one of the one of the reasons I wanted you on was not just to say that, you know, Steve has been a great 
reporter, but Steve has been literally a mentor to just about all of us as the um, president of the Indianapolis Association of Black Journalists, which has all the journalists in Indianapolis uh, who are black in it, whether they're a newspaper here on the radio or at any other TV stations, we all get together and Steve is the president of the organization and he does work across the country um, with other chapters in the national um, organization. But Steve, throughout all of that, you, you continue to help uh, people if it's getting them to another station. You know, I know people call you, Steve, what, what's this station about? Steve, what's, what's channel eight about? What's, what's channel six about? What's channel 13 about? And you help guide them there. And Steve, you're not, you're also a person who is not afraid to tell people to come to work at Channel 13 with me because I could name names and I'm not going to, but I could name <laughs> names of people who would not do that, who would not want another strong journalist, another strong black journalist, especially to be at their station where they are the lead reporter. But that is the opposite of what you do. You are not afraid to say, hey, give me your stuff. I'm going to send it up to the boss right now. Yeah, you know, someone did that for me when I was an intern at Wright State University in, in Dayton, Ohio. I had a mentor who took me under his wings. He didn't know me. And he became my mentor on a phone call because I saw him on television and, and I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I called him. And I said, hey, can I come and shadow you? And he agreed. And I thought the shadowing would be the end of it. But he mentored me through college, through my uh, first job and second job, and 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 we keep in touch to this day. And I mean, it's important when you're a journalist to, to help other journalists, especially trying to get into the business. And then once they get into the business, you know, teach them the integrity, our job responsibility. We have a huge responsibility. The entire communities that we live in, they're depending on the information that we give them. Um, so it has to be correct. It has to be right, and and sometimes even when it hurts, you gotta mm -hmm. you gotta do it, um, and and that's one of the reasons that I, you know, I really love helping other journalists who want to be in this business, and and I've I've met people who thought they wanted to be in the business, but once they realize mm -hmm. what our job entails, and 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 how you start out, and you know you don't make a lot of money in the beginning. You work holidays and weekends and sometimes your own call. And it's a, it's, it's a huge responsibility to be a journalist. And, and as you know, Cameron, we, you, you can't take it lightly. Right. It's not, it's not easy because there have been days, and I've told people here on the radio during the pandemic where I've evaluated life like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? It, right. It, right. <laughs> it takes a lot, but it helps when you have, especially if you're away from home. You know, I started in Flint, Michigan, and I had a couple family members up there, but and I was fortunate to have that and still to only be five hours away from home. But some people have to go so far away from home where they know nobody. And, right. and it's hard to start, especially with the kind of money that you're making. Hey, somebody wants to talk to you at 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. We are saying farewell to our good friend Steve Jefferson as he heads to Dallas with his new promotion uh, at the ABC station there, departing from Channel 13 here in Indy. Let's see who's on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. I just want to say congratulations. And best wishes to you and your new career. Thank you so much. Who's this? Thank you. Miss Jackson. Miss Jackson, Steve, that's Miss Jackson. Thank you, Miss Jackson. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome.
Steve, tell tell me what 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 are you going to be doing down in Dallas? Um, so WFAA uh, covers Fort Worth, I'm concentrating on the Fort Worth area, um, where the competing stations are based. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will start out doing general assignments. I'm working Monday through Friday, um, and you know, focusing on. Uh, special investigations, mm-hmm. uh, discovering the community, getting my, you know, jumping in, you know, full force. Um, so are and you... I'm excited about it. General assignments. Um, I'll be covering general assignments and with a slight focus on crime. So, do... so I won't be doing crime 100% like here, basically. So you're saying you'll be all the other stations because the Dallas market is Dallas slash Fort Worth. All of the stations are in Fort Worth, but they focus on Dallas. And so they're going to have you do the opposite. You go over to Fort Worth in their backyard and rip them up. Right. WFAA is based in Dallas. It's the only station in that market that's based in, in Dallas. The other stations are based in Fort Worth. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, Steve, you got some more callers, but I got to tell you, I don't think I would be sitting here uh, had it not been for you. And it's a part of the story starts when I was at the Boys and Girls Club, which you get the listeners. Y'all will hear about that story probably next week when I have the Boys and Girls Club. But after I was with the Boys and Girls Club and I realized I wanted to be on TV, I found out this group called the Indianapolis of Black Indianapolis Association of black journalists. And I remember I was in high school and I was like, well, let's see what this is about. So so I'll, I'm going to send an email like, Hey, just heard about this. Interested in getting in journalism. Can I come to a meeting? And you were like, sure. We got a meeting next month, this time, this place, I think it was at channel eight. Um, and, or was it channel 13? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Um, but you said yes to a high schooler. Come on. And I started coming to these meetings where I'm, I'm sitting around the table with you and Deanna Dewberry at Channel 8, Andrea Moorhead at Channel 13, Erica Fly at Channel 6. Uh, uh, you name it, we were real strong, and we were all in this room. And so I'm, I'm getting, I got the phone numbers of these main anchors who, you know, I can call and, and get help from. But a person who I met in that meeting was Donna Shealy from here at the radio station. Yeah. Who literally, all right, she's like, okay, you want to do some radio? I said, yeah. Okay. She took my stuff and took it to the bosses here, and I got in as a promotions assistant, and then I was quickly brought downstairs into programming. So literally, I got this job because I met Donna Sheely, and I knew Donna Sheely because I went to IBJ meetings, which you invited me to. So thank you. You're welcome. You know, I remember remember that vividly, and I just remember being impressed with your eagerness and, and your interest in wanting to be in this business. And that's what we have to do for people who really want to do it. You have to help open those doors. You have to help give them, you know, that guidance so they can make that serious decision about pursuing this as their, as their career. And you've done a phenomenal job. I mean, I'm, I'm so proud of you because, you saw what you wanted to do and you went after it. And, and, and it's so important that we have a job that we want to do, that we enjoy doing, mm-hmm. um, getting up and going to work every day. And you might as well get up and go.
go to work to where you want to work. Yes. I, I once once I walk in this building and I've cracked the mic open, I know why I'm here. But when the alarm clock goes off at 630 on a Sunday morning, I question why every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> you got some folks who want to talk to you. But thank you, Steve. Uh, thank you for, for everything you've done for me. Let's talk to some folks uh, here on our live line. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hello? Hello? Hello, you're live on the air. Who's this? Um, my name is Charles Ingram. Charles, you're live on the air with Steve Jefferson and Cameron Moto on Open Lines. What's up? Good morning, Charles. Okay, I want to really tell Steve, a great friend of mine, you know, uh, working in the community, working in the city, Steve, you are going to be missed. I want to tell you thank you for all the help you have gave me and my community. I work and serve in the Brightwood, Fourth Man community. Uh, good luck on your journey. I am not a journalist, but I am a community leader. I'm engaged in community. And, Steve, I just want to tell you, thank for everything you've done for this city of Indianapolis. And I hope we get some more pioneers like you to continue to step up. You will be missed. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Thank you so much. You've got, a, you've got another caller who wants to talk to you at 317-239-9696. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Hi, this is Diane Foreman. Hi, Diane Foreman. <laughs> Diane. Hey there. I tell you what, when I heard the news that Steve was going, I'm like, oh, my God, my heart sank. Um, Steve was more, he is more than a crime reporter. He mm-hmm. is community. I mean, he is ingrained in community. And I will say this. I know my sons have been blessed. Um, by their interactions with him, with the 100 black men, with the Botillion. Oh, my gosh. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. But I will say, when you get to Dallas Fort Worth, you will have several Botillion young, young men <laughs> that you'll be able to connect with, including my son. So we wish you well. Thank you for what you've done. I know you'll make a great impact in Dallas Fort Worth. Um, you're definitely going to be missed. Um, we know the interactions that we've had with you with the Indiana Black Expo. Anything I've asked you to do to help us out with the youth. But once again, this is your impact. When I think about Steve, you're more than 13. You are Indy. You are Naptown with love. Amen. I'm so glad oh you God. called, Thank Diane, because I, wow. I didn't even get to talk about. I forgot the Botillion and everything yes. else that this man is involved in. I'm so glad mm-hmm. you called in. All righty. But God bless, Steve. Thank you. Thank you, Diane. Thank you so right. much. Right, uh, Steve, how can people continue to stay in touch with you uh you know i've been streaming you know with with streaming i've been watching your other sister station in new orleans i've been watching them for the past day um so i know that i can keep up with with everything you're doing thanks to streaming so how can people stay connected with your work in texas now oh i will definitely still be on on social media all the platforms uh wfaa.com as well download the app uh, my stories will obviously be on there as well um and the phone's ringing we got we got about three more minutes but the phone's ringing again i want people to be able to uh talk to you 317-239-9696 about three minutes left in the show caller on line one who's this hi this is uh mark webster and um this is another mentee of steve jefferson and i just wanted to say steve i'm so happy for you you have shaped my career in ways you don't even know um just from the project mr days to the battalion days to even going to getting me involved in NABJ. You know, God has really sent you to the city of Indianapolis to bless the youth. I mean, you've got people 
out of hard situations. I just want to personally say thank you for everything you've done for me and just the, the excellent, you know, work you've put in the city of Indianapolis. Best of luck, Scoop. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Another call, 317-239-9696. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Councilman William Duke Oliver. Councilman, can you, can you, you, we hear yes. you loud and clear. You got about 30 seconds, sir. Well, thank you. I'll be quick. Uh, Mr. Mr. Jefferson, I want to thank you so much how much appreciation we have for you and your coverage of the political world, downtown, Marion County, Central Indiana. So lots of thanks to you and congratulations and your successful career, continuation of your career in Dallas-Fort Worth area. Welcome back to Indianapolis. Anytime you come back, you'll be most welcome, and we have the, the rolling mat out for you. Congratulations, and thank you so much. Thank you, Counselor Oliver. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your friendship over the years. Uh, Steve, we got about a minute left. What is your last day on Channel 13? When do we need to uh, tune in to see you? Uh, my last day at Channel 13 will be September 1st, next Wednesday, and it will probably be... No, sir, that's this Wednesday. Well, yeah, this coming Wednesday. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> it's coming yeah, fast. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's coming fast. It's it's uh, Yeah, it's it's this coming Wednesday, and obviously I'm... I'm I'm emotional right now, but <laughs> but I appreciate you allowing um, people to share their thoughts and, and, and having me on the show. It means so much to me. Absolutely. Like I said, Steve, I literally wouldn't be um, have the connections that I had as a high schooler because you could have been like, who's this high school kid? We ain't dealing with him. But because <laughs> of you, I was able to get in the room with the right people. And that's led to me being able to work with Donna Sheely and Karen Vaughn and Amos Brown and eventually sit in this chair. So literally, sir, thank you. And uh, I'll be calling you uh, when it's time to come down to Dallas. Right on, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Cameron. Thank you, Steve. That's going to do it for this edition of The Open Line Show with Cameron Riddle. We are back same time, same stations next Sunday, live at 8 on Hot 96.3. Here comes your favorite music. And on WTLC, it's the Hour of Power with Al Sharpton. Have a great Sunday, y'all, and mask up.